Who are the citizens of the hibernation? And isn't hibernating just sleeping? We find out in this episode starting right now. Welcome to the Weird and Wacky Planet's Nature Just Got Real podcast for kids. Join KB Carr, author of the Weird and Wacky Planet series with Chuck Darwin, Tito and Captain Jack as they bring you the real skinny on what's really going on in the natural world. And now, here's your host, KB Carr. Hello, Planeteers. Welcome to the second episode of Season 2. I'm KB Carr, author of the Weird and Wacky Planet series and host of this podcast for kids, Nature Just Got Real. I'm happy to be here with you talking about something I've had some questions about, and you might too. Uh, But first, I want to welcome our new listeners in Thailand. Hello! Thailand had the most downloads for a non-English-speaking country in the last episode. And the city that had the most downloads was Union, Missouri, right here in the United States. Thank you, Union and Thailand, for listening. If you are watching this on video, which you can do on YouTube and possibly other places, you might notice Captain Jack popping her head up on occasion. She has her own chair right beside mine, but sometimes she prefers to share my chair instead. Uh, So I just let her do what she wants. It's not worth arguing about. Also, if you are listening to this close to the original drop date, my book Weird and Wacky Creatures 2 will be free on Amazon in ebook form on March 8th through March 12th. So go download that if you want to. And if you like it, please leave me a review on Amazon. I really do read them and appreciate them. Don't forget that each new podcast episode will have a complete lesson plan for it that can be downloaded from the show notes or at weirdandwackyplanet.com on the journal tab, which is uh, which is new to the website. Uh, those extras should be located just under the episode title. So if you're a teacher or a parent doing virtual learning, uh, that'll be a resource for you, along with the other with the Common Core standard codes, I should say. Now let's get into today's episode, Citizens of the Hibernation. There are animals all over the planet that hibernate during different times of the season, and I, well, I have a few questions about it. Are they sleeping? Are they lazy? Do they just not like winter sports? Here's what I want to know. So when I think of hibernation... I think of mostly bears eating as much as they can stuff themselves with, making uh, themselves cozy in a nice warm den, then taking a long winter's nap under the frozen landscape covered with a bunch of snow. I think most of us think that because we've always been told that bears hibernate for the winter. It turns out that may not be the case. But first, we have to figure out what hibernation actually is. The dictionary definition for hibernation is hibernation, an inactive state resembling deep sleep in which certain animals living in cold climates pass the winter. In hibernation, body temperature is lowered and breathing and heart rates slow down. Hibernation protects the animal from cold and reduces the need for food during the season when food is scarce. And that sounds like about what I thought, but it turns out that there's another thing that kind of looks like hibernation, but it's a temporary sleep, like 24 hours or less at a time. It's called torpor. Torpor. 
Torpor refers to an animal going into a state of inactivity to conserve energy and suppress their metabolism on a daily basis. Um, exceeding 24 hours would be considered hibernation. So, okay, who does what and when? Some animals, such as most birds, are smart enough to run away to warmer climates during the winter months, uh, where food supply never runs short and they can stay warm. And that's called migration. Many humans do this too, going from northern states to southern states for the winter. And that's why they're called snowbirds. Get it? Because they migrate for the winter. So who is actually hibernating and who is not? According to National Geographic, here's a list. Bats, number one. Some species of bats choose to hibernate and some choose to migrate. Bats may hibernate up to six months or more, depending on temperatures, and can stop breathing for up to an hour at a time. That's crazy. Number two, bumblebees, or at least the queen does. All the others die off, unfortunately. Social insects like ants and honeybees don't hibernate, but they have other ways of surviving the winter, which is a subject for a future episode. Number three, turtles. They don't really need to look for shelter. They just find a safe place, withdraw inside their shells, and they're good to go. A box turtle may hibernate for up to three or four months. Freshwater turtles actually hibernate underwater. How do they breathe, you ask? They use something called cloacal respiration, which means they breathe out of their butts. Sort of like a reverse fart. Yeah, we will totally be talking about that in a future episode. <laughs> Other reptiles that hibernate are geckos, lizards, and some species of frogs. Fun fact about frogs. The wood frog can cool down so much that they form ice crystals in their blood, almost freezing them completely. They will stop breathing and even their heart will stop pumping. In spring, when they thaw out, they go back to normal. That's just crazy, right? Number four, small rodents like chipmunks, hedgehogs, groundhogs, prairie dogs, field mice, marmots, and ground squirrels all hibernate. Some of them hibernate in groups, which I call group cuddling. Regular squirrels, like the ones we see in our backyards, don't go into a true hibernation. They just take long naps, and you'll see them out and about as they dig up the nuts they've buried during the fall which they remember where they buried from a little map in their head. I need a little map to tell me where I left my keys and my phone. Common poorwills are a bird, and they're the only known bird to truly hibernate, and they can go into hibernation for one to three months at a time. Many other birds will go into a light hibernation or torpor, like we discussed, and it's not a true hibernation. I think Tito's going to tell us more about that coming up. And the fat-tailed dwarf lemur is the only primate known to hibernate, and it can be for long periods at a time. Uh, they do group cuddling and can hibernate up to seven months. It's a long time. They survive the winter by using all the fat stored in their tails, so that explains the whole fat-tailed thing. 
ladybugs go into a true hibernation, and if you've ever seen them come out in the spring, they like to do it en masse. Also, apparently, they are attracted to light-colored houses with southwestern sun exposure. So, good to know if you're making ladybug houses. I think I'll look into that. Land snails have the ability to hibernate a long time. They can hibernate up to three years. Of course, they are largely made up of water, so it's important for them to protect themselves from freezing. They seal themselves up inside their shells with mucus and create another layer of mucus that they can lay on top of inside the shell. Snails will also do this when it gets too hot and dry. And some spiders hibernate. I have one that lives outside under the building's intercom. I call her Charlotte. Of course, I call all spiders Charlotte, since that is one of my very favorite books. But I look for her every time I take Jack out for a walk. I stopped seeing her right about when it started to dip below freezing at night, and I just saw her for the first time a few nights ago. She is a nocturnal orb weaver, meaning that she only comes out at night, and she weaves a new web every night and cleans it up just before dawn. She's very tidy. I'll make a short video of her if I can and put it in the show notes for you if, uh, if I get to that. So now to the animal that we all think of when we think of hibernation bears. It turns out that bears don't really go into a true hibernation. What? Sad, but true. <laughs> According to the National Forest Foundation, a bear's winter sleep is too light to be considered true hibernation, but is instead, dun, 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 torpor, baboom. Bears can wake up to avoid danger and go out to eat if the opportunity exists and can even give birth to cubs during those winter months. Raccoons and skunks are also among those who don't truly hibernate, but go into a torpor state. Also, according to the National Forest Foundation, bears also turn their pee into protein. Now, there was no elaboration about that or what happens after that. But if I had to guess, I would say that when the bear pees and the temperature is below freezing, a liquid turns into a solid that can then be eaten, like a pea pancake or pee pee ice cream. I mean, it's efficient and desperate times call for desperate measures, but man, <laughs> hope I never get that desperate. But good to know if I do. Although I think I'll research that some more. And definitely uh, don't take my word for that. Do your own research. Remember the saying, don't eat yellow snow? I may never eat yellow ice cream again either. So anyway, there you have it. What hibernation is, what it isn't, who does it, and who doesn't really do it. Surprised? Yeah, me too. I hope you enjoyed hearing about this as much as I did, and you have fun with the activities that came up for the lesson plan. And now, here's a word from our sponsor. Ever spotted a flying monkey? What about the naked rodents who snack on the unthinkable? Or tiny elephants you can hold in your hands? Take a look at these animals and more in the book Weird and Wacky Creatures 2, part of the Weird and Wacky Planet series by KB Carr. Spot them wherever books are sold and wrap your trunk around your own copy. Now Chuck Darwin is going to tell us about two words that mean the same thing 
but are different for a big reason. It's time for the weird and wacky, waiting, wondrous, wondrous word. word. For this episode, there are two words. The first word, of course, is hibernation. The dictionary defines hibernation as follows. In an active state resembling deep sleep in which certain animals living in cold climates pass the winter. Compared to estivation. Estivation. Which then leads us to estivation as the second word. And means to spend a hot, dry season in an inactive, dormant state, as do certain reptiles, snails, insects, and small mammals. Snails, for example, will seal themselves inside their shells with a mucus barrier, which looks like a dry cover over the opening. You might find such as these on your walks. It's alright to observe it, but don't puncture the barrier and do put it back where you found it. The snail may just be biding its time until the climate is right for it to emerge from its shell. Use the words hibernation or estivation in a sentence today and impress someone with your genius. Until next time, I'm Dr. Chuck Darwin. Cheerio. Thank you, Chuck. That's very interesting. Two words that mean basically the same thing and for the same reasons, but just different for different climates. Nice. Captain Jack had a question and decided to give you the answer to it herself. It's a pretty good question, actually. Here's Jack with this cool, fun fact. If you've got a question, ask, ask the, captain. the captain. Ahoy, mateys. I had my own question to ask on this episode, so I asked Mommy this. Do any dog species hibernate? I asked because she thinks I sleep a lot, which I do. Canines, or dog species, need up to 12 to 14 hours of sleep every day. Puppies need from 18 hours to 20 hours every day. Maybe it just looks like we're hibernating, but we aren't. So I expected Mommy to say that no dog species actually go into hibernation, and I was going to throw that in her face the next time she says I'm sleeping too much. But what she said shocked me. There is actually one canine species that does hibernate. It's the raccoon dog. It is the only canine species that hibernates. I was quick to point that out to mommy for sure. The raccoon dog is a wild dog species, but some people keep them as pets. They are one of the few dog species who can climb trees. They've been seen to wash their food before they eat it, and they look just like a raccoon, but they aren't related to raccoons because they're dogs. Also, a lot of fur on clothes these days is called fake fur, but it might actually be raccoon dog fur. Dog fur sewn onto clothes. Mommy wears a lot of dog hair on her clothes, but that's because I shed a little, not because my pelt is sewn on. The horror. <gasps> anyway, Mommy wrote a whole chapter about them in Weird and Wacky Creatures too, so check that out if you get a chance. There also may or may not be an embarrassing picture of me in that chapter. Mommy says if I were a raccoon dog, I'd be a jaccoon. That just sounds wrong. If any of you have any questions for me, just email me at naturejustgotreal at gmail.com. I'm always listening. This is Captain Jack signing off. Till next time, bye bye 
Thanks for asking that, Jack. I'll put the link to that particular book in the show notes. It was a fascinating animal to write about, and my research for them had me swearing off fake fur, which is often actually raccoon dog. Not taking any chances that I'm really wearing dog fur, are you? No, not a nopey nope. And by the way, you do sleep a lot. <laughs> Just saying. Okay, now here's Tito to give us some fascinating facts about torporean bird species. Take it away, Tito. And now, the weird and wacky creature, creature. feature. feature. Today we are talking about torpor, that temporary state of inactivity usually brought on by changes in the temperature or drought, and how some bird species can use it as a short-term solution to allow them to survive cold nights. Torpor can last from a few minutes to a few hours and can happen any time of the year depending on what's going on. It's about conserving their energy like we would do when we take a nap, but just a lot deeper state. Hummingbirds do this because those little guys use up a lot of energy, just moving around like a miniature helicopter. They also don't have any down feathers that most bird species have to keep them warmer so they can rapidly lose heat. During really cold nights, they enter torpor, lowering their core temperatures by crazy amounts to try to match it to the outside air temperature as much as possible. Their teeny tiny hearts usually beat at a normal rate of about a thousand beats per minute, but slow down to 50 beats per minute during the torporific state. That's a huge change, am I right? And I like that word. Sounds torporific. <laughs> Chuck should have picked that one. Anywho, here's the really weird part. Those birds can lock their feet onto a perch so they don't fall off during torpor and sometimes in this state they tip over and they've been seen hanging upside down from feeders in the winter like a bat in a bat cave. The tendons in their feet keep them attached. After about 20 minutes to an hour, they return to normal and fly away. And there you have some batty bird facts you can amaze your friends with. I also saw some videos of this, and it was pretty cool to watch. I'm Tito, and I'll see you all next time. Thanks, Tito. Those are some really interesting facts. I will totally be watching for hummingbirds hanging upside down from now on. Now, here's some info on another podcast we are listening to we really like, and we hope you do, too. Question, Madison. What's green and brown and wiggles like a caterpillar? I don't know. Your toes when you don't wash them. <laughs> Boo, not funny. Anyway, I'm here to tell you about my show, All Things Madison. It's the funniest and coolest show on the planet. Trust me, I should know I wrote it. <laughs> and that guy is my dad. He's a big, lovable goofball, but he also produces the show. My show is cram-packed with interviews, funny skits, and more for the curious kid. If you want to learn more, just check me out at All Things Madison on the Kids Listen app or wherever you get your podcast today. Thanks. In other hibernation-related news, there is a video of a bear coming out of what we now know as torpor, not hibernation, and is exploring somebody's backyard looking for food. Now, if you live in bear country, you've probably heard that you should bring in all your outside bird feeders or any outside dog or cat food and secure your trash where bears can't get at it. 
My first thought is, hey, give the guy a break. He's been asleep for a while, and it's not like he can hit up a fast food drive through for a quick snack. And who knows how many pea pancakes he had to eat, right? And we feed wild birds and squirrels, so why can't we cut Yogi and Boo Boo some slack? For those who may not know, Yogi and Boo Boo were popular cartoon bears when I was a kid. Anyhow, why can't we just help a fellow critter out? Well, here is why. Bears, even though they look cuddly and adorable, are dangerous. And the fact that they are hungry does not improve their mood. If they know they can get a quick, easy meal at your place, they will hang around at your place. Therefore, making your backyard a dangerous place for you. Then wildlife authorities need to be called in and relocate the bear or in some cases even kill the bear if it's too aggressive towards humans. It's best that they hang out in their own backyard and not yours for those reasons. So tempting, but don't do it. It's best for everyone involved. Okay, episode recap. What are my takeaways from today? One, there are two words for the same thing and the difference is climate. Hibernation for cold winter months and estivation for dry hot months. Now I know which word is appropriate for when. And when I find a snail shell with the mucus seal, I'm going to put it right back where I found it because it could be hibernating or estivating, depending. Two, if you see a bird hanging upside down, leave it alone. Chances are it's just in torpor and is just fine. But take a picture if you can. I want to see that. Three, Jack is not really hibernating, even though it looks like it. A lot. But there is one dog on the whole planet that does hibernate. Don't you wonder what pet raccoon dog owners do if they live in a cold climate? Do you think the dog has its own room? I think Jack would demand her own room if she could. And then still insist on sleeping in my bed with me. Ah, the joys of living with dogs. Number four, bears don't really hibernate. Instead, they go into a state of torpor. Mind blown again. And don't even get me started on the possibility of pee-pee pancakes. Seriously, I'm going to find out the truth about that and report back. Inquiring minds want to know. What are some of your takeaways from today's episode? And don't forget to check out the recommended reads and the hibernation cams, of which I could only find bears, by the way. Hmm. Thanks for joining me for an in-depth look at an interesting subject. Until next time, go have a sleeping, sluggish adventure in your neighborhood. That wraps up the show for today. Thank you to our sponsor, Weird and Wacky Planet. And thank you for listening. Thank you for caring. And thank you for sharing. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Let us know if you do, and we might mention you on the show. Until next week, go have an adventure in your neighborhood.